Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. And, uh, and I've got so much to share with you. I don't know how I'm actually going to get through it, but I'll get through as much as I can get through here this morning because I've actually sort of put a couple of messages together in this process because I wanted to set this. This is a, a foundation for Easter. We're two weeks away from Easter, right? And, and I'm going to talk about the door of salvation of Jesus on, on Easter. And uh, I wanted to set up this because I think, you know, our... our our image reviews for It's Your Choice series is doors. And I think our life feels like that sometimes. There are all these doors of choices, and I don't know which one to go through. And, and I want to talk to you this morning about how these doors are actually, uh, how do we choose the doors to walk through in our lives? And, uh, and I think it's, it's a, a quite an important quite an important aspect of our Christianity because doors have a great spiritual significance in the Word of God, in the Bible. There's something like 400 references to doors or gates or, or, and they can range from a gateway to opportunity to the door of salvation. There's, you know, there's a whole range of things they talk about. As I said, we're going to talk about that in, on Easter Sunday. So, so don't miss the door of opportunity to ask your friends and your family to, to Easter. Don't, don't miss that opportunity. There's a doorway that it's, you choose whether you step into that door or not. And, and it's a choice. You know, it's not a fluke. It's, not a, it, it's a choice that you make and, and whether you're going to step out. And we've got hundreds of these invite cards. Please take them. Take a bundle. Take a heap. Give them out around your neighborhood. We'll produce as many as we need, uh, you know, for next Sunday as well so that you can do that again. And, uh, but, but, this morning, I want to talk about, and it's based around this, this core question or thought of, how do we distinguish between the doors of opportunities and the doors of distractions? Because there's so much of life that is opportunities, but there's so much of life that are distractions that can take us away from the will of God or towards the will of God. And for so many people, they seem to struggle with finding God's will for them. You know, our key scriptures for this, this series, Deuteronomy 30, 15, and, and, and verse 19. If we just put them up on the screen there. Thanks, Gareth. So if today, 15, today I'm giving you a choice. You can choose life and success or death and disaster. And verse 19, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. So you and your children may live. Choose life, not death, not disaster. You know, so that's the basis of this whole series we've been going through. You know, the book of Revelation has a great uh, a scripture about doors that I want to show you this morning to start off with. And it's the Apostle John, and he's writing letters to the seven churches in the Roman province of Asia, right? We call that province Turkey these days. And, uh, uh, and, and we actually visited the grotto on the island of Patmos where John was in exile when he wrote these, these letters to uh, the seven churches. It's a fascinating place. It was just, they've actually set up a little church there, you know, up and walk up all these cliffs. And uh, if you hear last Sunday night, Sunday night, I anointed people with oil that I actually bought from the walkway into the grotto. 
and, uh, um, and, and we had a great night last Sunday night. You, you, you need, look, what can I say? I get paid to come here twice on Sunday, right? But I want to be here twice on Sunday. I, I just think the way that I approach this in my early Christian walk is I don't want to miss something if God's got something for me. So, so I know that's inconvenient. I know that's not the world's way. I know that's not even the natural way. But consider maybe sometimes you need to think about coming to church twice on Sunday. I know it's a, oh, my goodness. You know, we even get people that are close in leadership you know, complaining about that. But seriously, I don't want to miss anything of God. If God's got something for me, I want to be there in his presence so he can download for me. And uh, instead of sitting home and watching telly or whatever else you would do on those. Anyway, let me read this. That was a little bit cynical, wasn't it? But anyway, um, that's a door you can choose to walk in or not, I guess. Revelation 3, verses 7 to 8. This is what Jesus said. I hold the key of David in my hand. The doors that I unlock, unlock and open, no one can close. And any doors that I shut and lock, no one will be able to open. Now I know everything you have done, so look, I'm placing before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you are not very strong, but you've kept my word and you've been faithful to me. Just like that little tag on the end. I know you're not very strong. You're pretty useless, really. But you know, you've kept my word and you've been faithful to me, so I'm going to open that door and allow for you to step into the door that no one else can shut. I'm the only one that can shut it. And, and I don't know if you recognize this about your life, but I do for my life, that God has opened so many doors so many times in my lifetime. And, and, and there's so many godly coincidences in my life and, and in the life of this church. I could tell you heaps of them, but I haven't got sort of enough time to, to give you that example this morning. Doors that look like they're completely shut, completely shut, closed, and all of a sudden they're opened. Ah, uh, look, I'm not going to get through this anyway, so I might as well tell you a story. When, when we, when we, um, <laughs> when we're going through the process of the conditions of, of uh, using this church as well, this property as a church, I guess a list of conditions, and one of them was to build an acceleration lane back along Nelson Bay Road. Now, we also knew potentially somewhere in the future there'd be dual lanes that we wouldn't be required then to do the deceleration lane. So we had to go along with council and the RTA at that stage, RMS, to uh, do the process of of planning the the dual lanes, even though we're hoping and praying that the the deceleration lanes, so the dual lanes might come through at some stage. So we're going through that process. And look, we, we spent... Too much money on that. It was probably 30 grand worth of planning process to, to get it done. Had it all ready to go. Then start getting quotes. <laughs> it was like, oh, it's 180,000 of the deceleration lane. You're kidding. For a bit of road. You, you're joking. Oh, yeah, but it's not only that. You've got to have 180,000 for the road and 180,000 you have to put into trust just in case the guy who does the work doesn't do a good enough job and we've got to redo it. $360,000. And, you know, we had two cents in the bank sort of thing. And you go, how's this ever going to happen? Then we started to get some uh, tough letters from council saying we're going to close you down if you don't do this work. And we're saying we're doing the work. We got to the quote stage and went, we can't afford to do the work. Didn't tell them that. We said we're pursuing the quotes right now. We got heaps of quotes from around the place. Every Christian I knew that was in any road work sort of 
industry I, I chased up and we just couldn't get the price down. And it looked like we were stuck. The door was shut. It looked like they would have to close us down. And I, I wouldn't have walked away. They'd have to close us down. They'd have to come in here and lock the doors and say, you can't do church here anymore. I actually don't think they would have done that. But anyway, you know, it was one of those positions we had no choice. We didn't have the money. We couldn't borrow the money. The bank wouldn't give us that sort of money to, to do a bit of road work. We were stuck, and it was a stressful time. I, I can't say that it was a, a hugely peaceful spiritual time. It was a fair bit of angst in that process. Now, I also started to talk to the, well, I didn't want to talk to the um, RTA at that stage, the RMS, uh, but they were ringing me up saying, oh, we need to meet, and I go, I know what it's about. I can't do anything, not that I said that, but I ignored their, their appointments. Anyway, one guy turned up at the office one day and said, I'm from the RTA, and I went, Oh, good. That's good. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty busy. And, you know, and no, I didn't do that. But I, I felt like doing that, going, go away. Anyway, he came to my office. He said, here you go. I said, oh, yeah, all right. Uh, good. Yeah, pretty good. And uh, anyway, conversation evolved. He said, oh, I'm a Christian. I go to a church in uh, Newcastle. Went, oh, that's awesome. That's so good. That might be helpful. So, you know, we kept talking. And, uh, and eventually he said, um, how's the road work going? I said, man, we're stuck. I, I don't know how we're ever going to do this. And he said, well, I don't think you'll ever have to do the road work. And I said, no, I, I know we have to do the road work. I just don't know how we're going to do the road work. And he said, no, no, I don't think you'll have to do the road work. And I said, what are you saying? Like, t- give me more information. He said, look, I can't really say too much, but it looks like you won't have to do the road work. And I said, can you put that in writing? He said, look, I actually can. And he said, you can't say anything, but it looks like we've got funding for the dual lanes out the front. Now, he gave me a letter. Before we knew it, the RTA RTA were buying land off us at the front of their property. So instead of paying $360,000, they actually gave us $150,000. Now, that was a door that looked like it was completely shut. But God said, no, 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 I'm going to open that door and no one else is going to stop my kingdom advancing in this world. And, and I can tell you, it was stressful. It was, it, I felt like I should quit because really I, I led our church onto this property. It didn't look like we we're actually going to be able to continue to do church here. And I thought, man, I need to get out of the way here and let someone else do this because I, I obviously miss God completely. And yet, God opened the door that looked like it was completely shut. We were faithful. We weren't strong. I wasn't strong. No way I was strong. But he opened a door that looked like it was shut, and no one else could shut that door, you see. Only God can. And so I want to, out of that testimony a little bit this morning, just uh, encourage you that sometimes there's doors that look like they're shut that God will open in his time under his purpose, according to his plan, not our plan, and there's other doors that will shut that need to stay shut for you. And our job is to try and discern God's purpose, his wisdom, his will in these processes. You know, I truly believe God wants to open doors in your life. And this may be a key for you here this morning if you're stuck, you're feeling stuck. See, we're in a season that our vision for this season is exceedingly abundantly above exceedingly abundantly. So no matter what you're going through right now, if those doors feel shut, 
There is more yet to the story. That's not the end of the story. The only time it's the end of the story is when we give up. And we're not giving up, are we? We're not giving up, are we? Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. You're not giving up. You see, God has got more for you. What doors are you opening to pray in your, sorry, what doors are you praying for to open in your life? What doors does, do you want to open or want God to open? Or maybe what doors does God want to open in your life? Maybe that's a better question to ask here this morning. Then we need to choose whether we walk through those doors or not. Because sometimes it's scary opening those doors and we don't know what's on the other side. We're hoping, we're praying, we're believing that something good's on the other side of that, but who knows? You know, over any period of time in my ministry, 20 plus years now, full-time ministry, um, I've had many people come to me for counsel, for advice, for just stuff they're going through. And, and, and often it's, it's confronting and, and they're dealing with very difficult situations and tough choices and situations in their lives they don't know what to do. And you may say that they're in crisis. And sometimes it seems like they want me to tell them what to do, which I just won't. Unless it's sin, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You, you need to get, discern God's purpose for you and plan and purpose. Not, I'm, not gonna, I'm not a controlling leader in any way or shape. And so I, I just don't believe I've I'm positioned to do that in your life. And it's been no different over this last month. You know, I've met with many people, many people, looking for wisdom and discernment for their lives. What door do I walk through? What, which one is it? And they're often very difficult situations. Often they're in crisis and, uh, and they're not sure what to do. What choices do I make? What doors do I walk through? Um, what doors do I open? Because it, it not only impacts their lives, but it impacts the lives of their families and, and extended family as well. And, and this is, this morning, I want to try and give you like a summary of what I would try and walk someone through in those sort of scenarios, just to help them understand the truth of God for their life, to understand what, what they, uh, they need to do in this process. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I'll listen to them, I'll give them a different perspective if I can, I'll try and give them hope and encouragement, and I always pray f- with them and for them in that process. But they have to discern for themselves what God's plan and purpose is for them. They have to decide which door they're going to walk, walk through because I don't need to live with the consequences. They do. So I can't make the choice. I can't decide for them. Here's an interesting thing about crisis. The crisis word in the uh, Chinese language is made up of two characters. The first one is danger and the second one is opportunity. In any crisis situation, there's always danger. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a crisis situation, right? But the other factor in this process is, in any crisis situation, there is also opportunity. There's opportunity for God to do something significant in this process. Whatever, whatever stage of life, whatever is confronting, whatever is coming towards you, there may be a door of opportunity that God has provided in the midst of our crisis. He generally does that. It's usually in the 11th hour too, I've found. You know, and, and so often we can, we can close ourselves to that. You know, there's a, a story that I heard years ago about a guy who uh, it started to rain and, and there was a prediction of flood. And, and so the SES uh, truck came along and said, come on, you need to 
get in the truck that's going to flood here and you need to get out. He said, no, 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 God will look after me. That's fine. God will, God will look after me. I'm fine. You know, so the water gets higher and higher and higher and then next thing you know, that's up to the eaves of the house and he's up on the roof and the boat comes along and says, come on, you need to evacuate. He said, no, no, God will look after me. It'll be fine. Anyway, next thing you know, it's, it's, it's over the, the roof of the house and he's up on the top of the bridge of the house and a helicopter comes in and says, come on, you need to evacuate. He said, no, no, God will look after me. Anyway, he died. And... Uh, um, and he got into heaven, and he, he, he got with God and said, hey, why didn't you save me? He said, hang on. I sent a truck, a boat, and a helicopter, and you wouldn't get on any of them. And sometimes, sometimes our life is like that. Where are you, God? No, not, not that. Where are you, God? No, not that. No, God, no not that. No, God, God, oh, no, no, not that. And we make up our, have our own expectations of the way God is going to meet our need, where in fact, we have to lean into God with expectancy and anticipation of what God could do in your life and be flexible to know, you know what, I wanted this, but you know what, it looked like it's this way, and it'll be heaps better than that way anyway. Gee, if we all got what we actually pray for in life, we'd be a mess. We'd be an absolute mess. Seriously, how many lotteries would you have won? I know I would have won a lot in that time. Um, back in the 90s, there was an interesting little uh, uh, romantic comedy film in that time. Now, I'm not recommending you see this because I think it's probably got some language and some unsavory stuff in it. I can't quite recall the whole details about it, but it's called Sliding Doors. And uh, it's based on the premise that lives can change dramatically based on whether we get to walk through a door, a sliding door, in this case it was a subway door, a train door and, and the subway, or not. And, and then there's two different storylines that uh, develop based on, on uh, catching that train or not. So I've just got a quick clip of that just to ex- give you an example of that. Thanks. And I just, for some reason, I thought of that movie when I was thinking of this preaching, just to, to bring that little scene. Now, the, the premise is that you know, it's by chance we get to open that door or not. I have a, I have a different scenario about that, that uh, our lives are a sum total of the choices we make. Our lives are a sum total of the choices we make. And, uh, uh, and our destiny 
is, is sometimes um, in God is determined by what doors we choose to open or not open. What, what, what things do we want to get, walk through or not walk through? And our destiny is God's life. So here's some things about some doors. I'm going to real, move real quick to get through this so I can get to the back end I would like to get to. Every door is a choice or decision. Every door is a choice or decision. Every, the, the doors are a metaphor for life that we make every day of our life. You know, every time we walk through a door, it's a decision we make. It's a choice we make to walk through it or not. You know, is this a wise decision or not? Is this door I should walk through or not? Some doors are for our good. Some doors are not. They'll cr- create huge grief for us. Every door is a decision. Here's the second thought I thought about. My destiny will be shaped by which doors I walk past and which doors, doors I walk through. See, it's, it's, it's actually more important, as important, what doors we walk past as the doors we actually walk through. You know, and this can definitely happen both in the natural and the spiritual. There are times that you and me, we've made decisions that have not ended well. We've ended up in a, a, a pretty ordinary place in God. And in the natural, it's the same, you know. I remember when we were overseas one time and I walked into this toilet and the signs on the door, I couldn't read the language. And I thought I knew what man and male and female was, you know, men and women. And they've changed it to try to be tricky, you know. They call it something else, bucks and whatever. And anyway, and I couldn't read. So I thought I worked it out. It seemed pretty clear to me actually in the end. I thought, no, that's, that's the right one. And I walked in and thought, what are all these women doing in the men's toilet? And then I thought well, they're pretty free and easy over here, aren't they? You know, and, and uh, I was looking around for the urinal. I'm thinking, okay, I am in the wrong toilet. And uh, quickly, very embarrassed, walked out and uh, went in the other one. It was the right one. So it's an interesting thing. We make choices sometimes uh, about which doors we walk through. You know, in this, the Scripture, Deuteronomy uh, 30, verse 15, God's saying, today I'm giving you a choice. You can choose life and success or death and disaster but our question is i think well how do we do that how do i know what's going to bring life how do i know what's going to bring death how do i know what's going to bring success how do i know what's going to bring disaster how do i do that and 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 we just need wisdom really godly wisdom godly insight discernment in that process you know and for some of you you may be struggling with relationships and 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 you know for some reason you've been making dumb decisions about relationships. You keep falling for the wrong guy or the wrong girl. You keep having the same problems, the wrong type of person. And, and see, you think it's a relational problem, but it's actually a wisdom problem. It's actually a wisdom problem. It's, it's about the way you're thinking about your relationships. For some of you, it's dumb financial decisions. You need to make better decisions about your finances. See, it's not really a financial problem. It's actually a wisdom problem. It's actually not getting God's wisdom about your finances. It's not seeking out what his word says for your finances. Making choices that are bad choices, that are leading through down the wrong path. They're the wrong door for you. Relationship, finances, there's so many different ones we could talk about here this morning. But I love this quote that I've got here. I've used it a few times, but I just really like it. Watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. You see, they're all doors or choices that we choose to make on the way through. And it leads to our destiny. Here's another thought. A door may be an opportunity from God. 
a door may be an opportunity for God. And I believe that for many of you here, there are doors of opportunity waiting for you right now. You know, Paul in 1 Corinthians 16, 9 says this. He says there's a huge door of opportunity for good work that's opened up here. And he's in Ephesus, right? And, and there's this opportunity. But he, the next verse, actually the next part of the verse, he says, but there's great opposition here as well. So even in our opportunity, there will be opposition. God just doesn't open a door and go, well, there you go, free and easy. Let's do it, baby. And, and No, no, there's opposition because he's concerned for us. He wants to build us. He wants to build integrity and character and, and p- perseverance and all those things in us in this process. He wants to do it for us. And, and, and there will be opposition, even in the right time, in the right thing for God. Second, a door may be a distraction from others, you know. Uh, so often, what looks like a good opportunity can end up being an absolute disaster. And there, there are doors of distractions from others in your life that if you walk through, they're going to be a huge diversion. They're going to throw you off track, sometimes for a long time. You see, God has got a plan and purpose for you, but so often, everybody else does as well. And, and you can't listen to every word of advice. You need to work that out for yourself. Where are you going to do that? See, not every door is open is an op- like a thing that you should walk through. It isn't an, always an opportunity from God. We're not meant to walk through every door. You know, 1 John 4 verse 1 says this, Don't believe everything you hear just because someone says it is a message from God. Test it first to see if it really is. Test it first to see if it really is. Because it might be just a distraction from others. I'm going to skip for there. The, the third one I've got here, door may be a trap from Satan. Now, here's a serious one. And, and look, I don't, I'm not one of those people who believes Satan's behind every rock in, in the playground or whatever. It just doesn't make sense to me. He's, he's very limited in his power. But there are traps that he sets up for us. And there are many trap doors that we can fall into if we're not careful to follow the word of God for our lives. And Jesus was tempted three times in the early part of his ministry, if you read that in Matthew 4. And after the third time, he says this in verse 10, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord God and serve him only. And you know, been talk, try, Satan had been trying to set him up to, to serve him in the process. And he promised him all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, three times he'd been, been tempted. But then the next time we read about Jesus being tempted, Jesus recognizes it very quickly and deals with it very, very quickly, almost harsh in the circumstance as he rebukes Peter's words and Satan's temptation because in Matthew 16, 23, he says this, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You're looking at things merely from a human viewpoint, not from God's. Get away from me, Satan. So a door can be an opportunity from God, a distraction from others, or even a trap from Satan. This next thought. If an open door is truly from God, it will not contradict what he says in his word. You see, if it's a door that we have to uh, question some integrity issues, some, some thinking, some thoughts about, you know, is this appropriate or not, it's not from God. You know, Matthew 24, 35 says this, Jesus says this, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. You know, as I said, I, I do meet with people and counsel them from time to time. I'm not a counsellor, but I, I, I'm happy to give my wisdom. And particularly for guys in relationships and thinking about marriage and all that sort of stuff, it's particularly you know, difficult because they often don't want to hear your viewpoint on some of that stuff, you know, and, or God's viewpoint perhaps. Um, 
they want to hear the wisdom because you know they're, they're not thinking with their head; they're thinking with a different part of their anatomy, and uh, and it leads them up the wrong path. They go into the wrong door, and you just go, "Wake up to yourself! This is a choice you're making, a door you're entering that's going to affect the rest of your life. Get some perspective on that. This is not going to end well. This is not going to be helpful to your life." And they don't want to hear it mostly. So, uh, so you've got to be happy with that. But the, 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 the viewpoint is this, and I'll tell you, because I've had this conversation many times. Well, God wants to make me happy, and this makes me happy, so it must be God. It's faulty thinking. It's not true. It's, not, it's just not true. It makes you happy. It doesn't make God happy. God's very unhappy about the way you're dealing with this. You see, if it contradicts God's word, it can't be from God. And, and so my personal Rule of thumb is if I've even got a question in my head, is this appropriate or not, I don't do it. If, if I've even got the slightest question, is this showing integrity or not, I, if I have to ask that question that's not appropriate, I won't do it. And it's a good rule of thumb to step back from the line, not get so close to the line that you might stumble over, step back from the line, Make, keep a good distance, keep your distance back from that stuff. Here's another thought. Sometimes God shuts a door for my protection. Sometimes God shuts that door for my protection. Sometimes God takes things out of our hands and it's just that we don't know that he's taking them out of hands and shuts the door for our good. You know, in the, in the story of Noah and, and Noah building the ark, you know, there's a whole, whole process that goes on. Build the ark, the animals come in uh, and God never really tells Noah when the flood's going to start or anything. Um, but there's a verse in there, it's so interesting, in, in Genesis 7:16. Then God shut the door. Then God shut the door. There's no preemption of that. It's like, the rain started? No. Is it time to go? No. God shut the door. And in life, sometimes it's like that. God will shut a door that you thought you were meant to go through. You thought there's more yet to come, and he can close that door. And we now need to be wise enough to discern when God shuts the door and when we're not meant to bash the door down. Here's another thought. God will open doors for me if I open doors for others. God will open doors for me if I open doors for others. See, it's, it's others' focus. And I really like this one. You see, there's this sowing and reaping principle in God's Word, but it's also reproduced in nature. And we, what we sow, we'll reap. And uh, if we don't sow very much, we're not going to reap very much. If we don't sow at all, we're not going to probably reach it, reap at all. And, and there's this, this thing that comes out of generosity and the open doors in this process. And Proverbs 11.25 says, Anyone who genuinely, genuine, generously blesses others will generously be, be blessed. When you refresh others, you'll refresh yourself. And Job 31.32, I've never turned away from anyone, but I've opened my doors to everyone. I love that thought. Sometimes we've got to just get our focus off ourselves and onto others. Sometimes we've got to be a door opener for other people. Now, you go before me. That's fine. You know, sometimes we get so angsty and so competitive and so worldly in this process. And we start to put ourselves before others. And it's just not the way God thinks or wants us to act on this earth. You know, we've got to start thinking with the way God would want us to think to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, to mark, make decisions based on which door we're going to walk through and which door we're going to open for other people to walk through and have a God perspective on that. 
Here's, a, here's another thought. Sometimes God opens a door to give me a glimpse of my future long before I'm ready to walk through it. Why is that? Why does he give you a glimpse of something to come? What, why is that? It's actually to inspire you to grow, to be more, to position you. And, and he'll shut that door again usually very quickly because he doesn't want to show us too much because we can get big heads or we can get scared or like all those things altogether. But God will just open that, that door just enough just so we see a glimpse of the future. He'll just give you a glimpse of something to come. And, and I hope he's given you that glimpse for your life. That he has got a plan and purpose for you. There's so much more that he's got for you. There's doors that he wants you to open and walk through, and there's doors he wants you to walk past. And even if it's an open door, you don't have to walk through it. It's your choice. It's your choice. It's your choice whether you walk through that door or not. Can I give you, and I had so many more points. Can I just give you Let me just, I want to finish with this, and I know, Gareth, you're going to have trouble finding this slide, but there's uh, how to make godly choices. I'm just going to read through. I'm not going to give you too much context, so I'll finish on time. How to make godly choices or how to discern God's voice, how to recognize that. The first one is just, does it agree with the Bible? Does it agree with the Bible? If it doesn't, don't do it. Does it make me more like Christ? Does it make me more Christ-like in my life? If it does, I'm going to do it. If it doesn't, I'm not going to do it. These are just tests for the doors that you walk through. Does my church family confirm it? You know, is this something that I'd be happy to share with other people in my world, in my church, in my spiritual walk, in my life? You see, Ephesians 3.10, God's intent is through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. And, And Proverbs 11 talks about in the multitude of counselors there is safety. You know, so, so that's another test. Does, does my church family, not everyone, not, you don't have to go through everyone in the church and go, oh, do you like this? Do you like this? No, no, just the wise counsel in your life. Get alongside somebody and go, what do you think about this? You see, as soon as we begin, get rebellious or independent, we're never going to make the right choice because we'll make the choice that fits us. And we don't include anyone else in that. And I guarantee you, it'll be the wrong door. It'll be the wrong door. It's, it's out of rebellion, which is the original sin in the Bible. Is it consistent with how God made me? You see, God has got a plan and purpose for you, a direction for your life. Are you reacting to stuff or are you following God? Is it convicting rather than condemning? This is a great one. See, there's a conviction of the Holy Spirit, and he'll convict us about things. But the enemy likes to condemn us. He'll make us feel worse. So it might be like... Uh, Conviction exposes the wrong in our life, whereas condemnation attacks your value. Conviction will say this needs to change, whereas condemnation says you're worthless. Can you see the difference between that? Conviction of the Holy Spirit will lead us into good through the right doorway. Condemnation will always take us the wrong way. And the last thought about this this morning Do I sense God's peace about it? And this is a difficult one because when we're making decisions that are significant decisions, uh, uh, we're often very fearful and and it's tough, you know, to to choose the right thing to do. And in the natural, we won't feel peaceful. But here's, here's, here's the secret. When we pray about it, when we offer it to God, when we surrender, when we lay ourselves down, our natural man down, 
We get a sense of God's peace in the circumstances, a peace that transcends all understanding. It's not a natural peace. It's not a normal deal. Yes, there'll still be some fear. There'll still be some apprehension in the process, but there's a peace that transcends our head, that transcends and goes right to our heart and gives us a sense of peace, of the right door to walk through, the right thing to do. You know, that's out of Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. What doors has God got for you? What doors are you waiting for God to open? Is it a door of opportunity? Is it a door of distraction? Is it a trap door? Doors are choices. What are you going to choose? It's your choice. It's your choice. Use that, that, that temple I just gave you to make choice. Make sure it aligns with the word of God. Can't contradict God's word. Make sure you've got wise counsel in your life. Make sure you think about this well. Try and find the peace of God, even in the tough choice. Find the peace of God that transcends all understanding. And you'll know you're on the right track. God will confirm it for you as you enter in that door. Let me pray. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. God, we thank you for this series, God. You know that uh, it is our choice. It's our choice how we live our lives, God. And yes, there are circumstances and situations that we have to deal with, but God, it's our choice how we respond to that situation. It's our choice how we respond to that circumstance, God, good or bad. And so, God, I thank you for the doors of opportunity that are open from you in this church, God. I thank you for the doors of opportunity that you've got for each and every person in this place, God. I pray now in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, show us your will. Show us your way. Show us the doors that we're meant to step through. Show us the doors we're not meant to step through. Convict us, Holy Spirit. Show us what we're not meant to be doing and not meant to be doing. Get us out of the rooms that we're not supposed to be in right now. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do in this process. Father, we, we, uh, we love you. And we know right now you love us. And here, just quickly, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I just want to give you a chance to respond to God here this morning. Maybe you've never made that decision to follow Jesus. Or maybe you have and somehow you got distracted. You got in that door of distraction. And here this morning, here's an opportunity to get your life right with God again. To step into the right door, the door of salvation. And it's a choice. It's, a cho- it's your choice. No one can make you nor would we want to make you. It's your choice. But if you're feeling some conviction on your heart right now, maybe it is time to step in. And if that's you here this morning, really quickly, just stick your hand up. We're right where you are. Right where you are. Just stick your hand up really quickly and I'll acknowledge it. Anyone here this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for salvation. God, we thank you that it's the the start of our walk with you, God, into all eternity, Lord. It is a great celebration in heaven every time someone makes that decision.
Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.